Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim Wildman here. Thanks for joining us. And Fred Jackson in the studio. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. Uh, we're going to be joined momentarily by Dr. Robert Jeffers, uh, pastor of the First Baptist Church, Dallas, to uh, get his uh, reaction thoughts on what happened yesterday mm-hmm. in uh, his state. Uh, Chris, uh, what was the name of the school and uh, that the shootings took place? The shooting took place in a uh, town in Texas called Uvalde, if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. Uh, 21 people dead at least, 19 of them children. The gunman was identified as an 18-year-old. Yeah, it's Rob Elementary School. Uh, so it's, uh, these are kids, uh, uh, kindergarten through grade four. Uh, the young man, the gunman, 18-year-old, uh, who lived in the community. What we now know is that before going to the school, he shot and killed his grandmother, and then went to the school with two weapons that he had purchased recently and opened fire on those kids, mostly in a grade four classroom. Uh, As Chris noted, 19 kids and two uh, school teachers were dead. He was uh, um, confronted at some point uh, by a agent with the border patrol There were some reports early on, well, Border Patrol, uh, does that mean he was an illegal alien? No, he wasn't, uh, this young man. But uh, the the community, just a small community of 16,000 people, is is very close to the border, and it is not unusual, they say, for Border Patrol people to be in the community. Sometimes they're after illegal aliens. But in this case, he was there. The Border Patrol agent had a weapon, and he encountered this 18-year-old just outside the school. Uh, they exchanged fire, and the 18-year-old was killed at that time. Uh, we want to get right to our interview with Dr. Robert Jeffress because he's on his way to an appointment and made time for us. Uh, uh, I just asked him 10 minutes ago, mm-hmm. so invited him on 10 minutes ago. Robert, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, Robert, what do you... What's your reaction to what happened yesterday? You know, I I think any human being, I, I'm a dad, a granddad like you are. I mean, this is horrific what is happening. And I think it is uh, certainly uh, confirmation that evil is real. Uh, it's not something we've made up. Evil is a real presence. And, you know, Tim, we know as Christians, I mean, this kind of evil won't be removed until... Christ comes and eliminates it once and for all, but I don't think we need to be fatalistic about it either. I mean, I think as Christians, we have a responsibility to push back against evil any way we can. As you know, I'm a strong believer in the sanctity of life. I think we ought to guard life not only inside the womb, but outside the womb, and I think there are a number of things we need to do, uh, not only as Christians, but as Americans. I mean, I think, you know, not to continue to glorify evil as it's being done in the media and on the Internet and regulations about what can be posted. I think that needs to be taken into consideration. 
I think we need to start teaching children again, yes, in the schools, that they're not just here by accident. There's a creator to whom they're accountable one day. Uh, I'm a strong believer in the Second Amendment, but I think we all agree we ought to do everything we can to keep maniacs from having guns, if that's possible. Now, the Buffalo Massacre occurred in a state that had the highest gun regulation in the nation. But I think everything needs to be uh, something that's considered. But again, this is ultimately, Tim, a spiritual problem that demands a spiritual solution. Pastor Jeffers, is Fred here. I know you'll get questions today as a pastor about this. One of the questions that comes from time to time is, why, why does God allow this to happen? Um, yeah. I, I've heard people ask that question every time we have one of these incidents. How do you respond to that? Well, I mean, it was interesting when the massacre in Buffalo happened. I got that question on Fox, and I said, look, uh, don't blame God for evil. C.S. Lewis made a great point when he said all of the evil in the world is committed with by human beings with guns, bayonets, gas chambers, and bombs. And so, you know, God isn't the instigator of evil. He's not the author of evil. Why he allows it to go seemingly unchecked is a mystery, but one thing we know for absolute sure, and that is one day when Christ is going to return, he is going to eliminate evil once and for all. And that's the only hope we have as Christians. Yeah, Robert, I hear the heartbreak in your voice. We're the same way here. And last night, I don't normally get emotional anymore about stories because uh, I, I, well, when you, when you don't know peaceful people personally, sometimes that affects how you react. But also, uh, mm-hmm. you know, violence goes on all over the country, all over the world, every day, all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we, you know, we, we, we hear about stories and it's tragic, but, you know, we, we move on. Uh, but with this one uh, is different because it's elementary school children and they were trapped and they had nowhere to go. You know, when you hear about these things take place in high schools, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, the loss of life is any more uh, any different in in uh, you know in, in the every every human life is is valuable. I'm just saying teenagers uh, have more awareness to be able to hide or to run. They have more training, perhaps, uh, in terms of being prepared for an active shooter, but elementary school kids and uh it's is and a couple uh two or three teachers i think uh, lost their lives too it's just and a nine-year-old girl trying to call 911 and gets blown away i mean it's yeah it's it's unspeakable i know i know is there anything uh robert you've heard about uh this individual uh that i mean uh obviously he was mentally ill deranged and spiritually lost. Is there anything else you've you've heard about him? The only other report I've heard is he was uh, reacting to being bullied um, because of his uh, the poverty he lived in and the clothes yeah. that he wore. That's one of the reports out there. And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, that, Tim, that's a problem in schools. I mean, it really is. And I, I think as Christians, we don't need to be cavalier. Are you talking about this. bullying? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, did you yeah. Try? Yeah. I don't think it, it's something we ought to be 
uh, uh, right. cavalier right. about and dismiss the world yes. in which we live. Yeah. yeah. Fred, one other I, question. I think for, we ought to be concerned. Yeah. yeah. I, I know you have to run, Pastor Jefferson. Just had one more. Uh, President Joe Biden uh, went to the nation last night, shortly after getting back from his trip to Asia, and he was very quick to blame uh, what he calls a lack of proper gun restrictions, gun ownership, that sort of thing. It seems to be the go-to excuse, particularly from Democrats, anytime we have an incident like this. And, and I, you know, what I hear many conservatives say, it's, it's the guns don't kill people, it's the people who kill people. And I'm wondering why there is this knee-jerk reaction, mainly from the left each time, that it's, it's the fault of, of gun restrictions or a lack of gun laws. Well, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, a gun by itself never kills anybody. It's the human being behind it. And again, in New York State, they have some of the toughest regulations in the world, and you had the Buffalo Massacre. But honestly, Fred, I think we've got to be open to have a discussion about is there anything that can be done in in regulation? Uh, I don't think that's going to solve the problem. Obviously, it's going to take a plethora of ideas like we've talked about. But I don't think this is the time to politicize it. I think this is the time to talk about honest solutions. And I think it's for uh, the uh, people who are for uh, too strict of restrictions to listen to those who have Second Amendment concerns. And I think uh, the conservatives need to listen to and see if there's something, some common ground that we could come to on this. But regulation, you can't legislate uh, spiritual transformation. That's something only God can do. But yeah. I do think we ought to be open to common sense restrictions. Listen, Pastor, thanks so much, brother. And uh, you, you uh, appreciate you coming on with us. And and, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Always great to be with you. Thank you, Tim Fred. Okay, bye-bye. That's Dr. Robert Jeffress joining us from Dallas. Uh, he's the past senior pastor of the First Baptist Church there. Um. Yeah, you know, uh, Fred, I've been trying to process this, as everybody has. Mm -hmm. Again, it's different because it involves, Chris, the who who butchers elementary school children. It, they didn't bully him if, mm -hmm. if this guy right. was, in fact, motivated because he was, uh, uh, you know, bullied, wanted to get revenge on, on somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just uh, it's just raw unadulterated evil and um I, but but well go ahead go ahead chris well, you want to comment on this yeah I, to uh, answer your question i've been in uh broadcasting for almost 20 years this october will mark the first time 20 years since my first uh broadcasting job sandy hook was the absolute worst day i've ever worked in terms of of news coverage it was just really difficult to do because it's a, a very similar type incident yes uh and as a father of two kids i mean i i kind of think you know what if it was me? What if it was my kids? That kind of thing. Uh, and it's, it's very difficult. The, the, you know, we're, we're so used to this now because it happens a lot uh, or it's happened pretty often that you, you don't. You put mean mass shootings? Yes. You don't put yesterday's um, tragedy ahead of Sandy Hook. And, and I think that proves um, the point that Pastor Jeffers made there. We have a spiritual problem in this country. These things are happening because we have that spiritual problem that we as the body of Christ and, you know, the country yeah. need to kind of come together and figure out. Well, 
I, I don't want to sound fatalistic either, but on the other hand, I know everybody's like, what can we do mm-hmm. to prevent this from happening? And abs- absolutely, we need to be talking about uh, prevention and solutions and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. But also, when you live a when you live in a free and open society of 320 million people, um, sometimes these kinds of events are going to happen, and it's the it's nobody's fault mm-hmm. uh, except the perpetrator. Yes, uh, right. And you you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying now. Ever like this situation will be looked at. Well, was security breached? Mm-hmm. That should have been in place to prevent the uh, fella from getting inside the school. You said he went inside the school. Keep in mind, this is a town. If you say sixteen thousand, sixteen thousand, yeah. yes. And so sixteen thousand. What uh, uh, west of San Antonio? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Near miles. There. Okay. So that's a small community, basically small mm-hmm. town. It's small town America, mm-hmm. and so everybody knows everybody. That's why, you know, it, it it's it's not. Um, so, you know, the whole community is going to be affected for decades. Yeah. So. Yes, you know, I, I think the issue here, having a discussion about this in the last few hours, you know, when I was growing up, I'm getting close to 70 years old now. When I was growing up, guns were around. People had guns. But you didn't have these incidents. So the question is, what has happened since then? And that's what has to be analyzed. So that's one point. Well, we've we've come into a society which I think is, for the most part, in rebellion against God. And it's being taught. A rebellion against God is being taught. It struck me last night when the president expressed this outrage over the lack of more gun control. But this is a man who fully advocates for abortion, the killing of the unborn. So I'm I'm looking at a man who's living a life of contradiction. So why aren't all the people who are, uh, you know, they're, they're outraged at this, and there should be outrage, but they're okay with killing the unborn? I, I don't understand that. Well, they don't see it that way. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you from a spiritual and moral and ethical perspective. Yes. Uh, the taking of innocent unborn life uh, is murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's killing. Mm-hmm. It violates the Ten Commandments. They don't. They wouldn't uh, confess, I guess, to seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't equate an unborn baby with a uh, elementary school child or, or another uh, human. But I, I absolutely, it, it, as Pastor Jeffers said, you know, in the eyes of God, all human life is precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, I guess we'll learn more about this. Uh, eight, he's eighteen. He was eighteen. Killed his grandmother. And then First, went to the, and then went to the went to the school. Yeah. I, I just wanted to get back to something you talk yeah. about security. That's one of the realities we all have to live with today. I mean, I, I, I think you know, a lot of people who work here at AFA go to churches where you now have security. You have oh, you secu- have to security team, you or you to. have uh, uniformed officers at your church service. That was unheard of four or five years ago. Yeah, we're we're living in that. Day no, you and can't age. be sitting ducks. You you have to you have to be have somebody that uh, one or two people at least that's armed. Yes, that's ready to take action should somebody come. And you know, as I say, there there are uh, many motivations for why people act in uh, a violent way. Mm-hmm. You know, domestic disputes. Somebody angry at uh, uh, 
uh, somebody else for some personal reason, but they, then they kill other people who are around them and that kind of thing mm-hmm. happens. Um, but anyway, uh, so the, so the, uh, we'll go, f- the, he, the, you know, the guy's dead. Right. So there won't be any trial or anything like that. And he can't speak to say why he did this, mm-hmm. but there's, it's, it de- defies explanation anyway, except for there, as pastor Jeffers said, there's the Bible says that, uh, there's evil in the world right. and, uh, Evil, some sometimes disguised as, or in conjunction with mental illness, you know, I, uh, or, uh, t- and then that's a terrible combination. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to point out, some of our listeners are saying here uh, via the comments that the grandmother is not, in fact, dead, okay. uh, and that she was uh, shot. There is an NBC News story this morning that says the grandmother was shot. So, either way, she was, shot It grandma. was widely reported, that she, but that was quick. That was, was early news, and if I got that wrong, I apologize. Um, so, we'll, we'll all uh, be in prayer today for, for those people people in that community again it's a different level when it involves elementary school children it really is and just to clarify from my answer to you earlier i was not advocating in my we need to come together and figure out a solution for this i was in no way advocating for gun control (laughs) by any stretch because you can slap as many restrictions on things as you want to and someone that still wants to kill somebody with a gun will find a way to get the gun to do it we're okay we already have it's it's against the law to murder Right. Okay. There was that school is a no no gun zone. I mean, I know I'm sounding silly, but I'm saying uh, mm-hmm. to your point, somebody who's dead set on on doing something evil and terrible, mm-hmm. uh, they can get away with it a lot of times. Uh, you know, they can quote 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 unquote beat the beat the system. Uh, so. Well, we're seeing it. I mean, we have this incident, horrible. But the subway system in New York, you know, a guy, they finally arrested a guy yesterday who just was on the subway system. I guess it was last weekend. A gentleman is sitting there minding his own business. Yeah, had no association with the killer. None. And this guy walks up and shoots him and kills him. Yeah. How do you explain that? Yeah. I know, just random. It's just just They didn't even try to rob him. No. So, I mean, there's evil in the world. We try to think logically about this, yeah. but there's no logic to that. Right. Hey, to to your point, both of you, uh, on how Biden made some, you know, anti-gun remarks yesterday, I do want to play this audio so people who might not have watched his address last night or seen clips of it on Twitter today, I do want to play the audio. This is Biden going after the gun industry following yesterday's shooting. Clip one. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. We have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Do we even know that this killer in in Texas yesterday used, quote, assault weapons? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, he used... In the knee-jerk reaction that we got yesterday. The early reports. Yes, he used everything from a handgun to a shotgun, and there were reports of other weapons used. But Biden likes to use the term, and I'm using air quotes, assault weapons to describe anything that is a firearm. Yeah, your son Walker is. It really knows a lot about guns, and we've talked about this before. The term assault weapon is thrown around very loosely today. Uh, there is a picture on social media of... Salvador Ramos is the name of the 18-year-old. 
and he had a gun magazine on his lap. Now, whether he just that was a social media picture that he had taken of himself. Yes, yes. So uh, I think we have to be careful on definitions. Yeah. Uh, A rifle with a magazine does that become an assault weapon? We don't know. We do know he was 18 years old, and he probably purchased these weapons. He had two apparently legally. Like there was nothing stopping. Yeah, see, uh, this will get a lot of attention about the the, the whole issue will be about, uh, for the left, will be about gun control. Yes. Meanwhile, this weekend, there'll be 50 shootings in Chicago when they have some of the strictest gun control laws in the land. And mm-hmm. as Pastor Jeffers said, New York, state of New York, has very strict gun control laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, gun control laws are not going to stop people from killing one another. Nope. And especially when it involves bad people who are used to acting illegally, they're not going to pay attention to gun uh, control laws anyway. This is what conservatives have been saying. Once you take away guns from law-abiding citizens, the the, the gangsters and the mobs and the uh, uh, the mobsters or whatever you call them today are they're, they're The bad guys are going to be the ones with guns because they don't care to obey the law in the first place. That's right. Uh, so, um, all right. Very, very sad. Again, I, I was just like crying last night, mm. not yeah. physically, but I was just about to after hearing, hearing I th- about this. I think, I think we have enough time. Uh, Rachel Campos Duffy is a, uh, a, a member of the Fox team. Right. She was on. She just came back from Uvalde, Texas, just in the last week, and and she was on Fox and Friends this morning. This is going to be cut number four, Brent. I thought she had one of the more interesting reactions to this. Cut four. The spiritual potential of children is something we've ignored as a culture for so long. And Will, you talked so much about the nihilism and the hopelessness in America um, and with so many young people and young men in particular. And I don't think that it is not coincidental that all of these shootings have happened at the same time that we see religion and Christian values and and Judeo-Christian values declining in our yeah, and she's exactly right. I had a chance to talk to uh, Christian researcher George Barn in the last few weeks, and believe it or not, her point, Rachel Campus Duffy, and and what uh, George Barn is saying, we have to get back to teaching our kids value systems, biblical based value systems, and how important they are. Because when you don't, you create a values vacuum out there which I think is contributing to what we're experiencing today in America. Yeah. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network, Tim, Fred, and Chris. Chris, uh, in other uh, news, we had uh, primaries across the country yesterday, didn't we? Yes, Georgia is the one a lot of people are talking about. Uh, Let's begin with the gubernatorial uh, primary on the GOP side. Uh, Incumbent Governor Brian Kemp defeated his challenger yesterday, former Senator David Perdue. It was not even close. Uh, Kemp won resoundingly. Uh, and people are making a big deal out of that because Donald Trump is mad at Governor Kemp for not doing enough, in Trump's opinion, to challenge the 2020 election results. So he backed Purdue, but it apparently did not make a difference. So Kemp is going to go on to face Stacey Abrams in a rematch of their governor's race from a few years ago. And uh, also in uh, Texas, you've got Attorney General Ken Paxton defeated George P. Bush, 
in uh, their GOP primary for the attorney general. Of the state of Texas. There, there are more results I want yes. to talk about, election results last night from around the country, which kind of is, uh, points us toward November. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, it's going to be a big November in, in our country in terms of a changeover. Yes. Especially in Washington, D.C., in uh, power. Mm-hmm. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on AFR. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. What's your favorite place to visit when you go to the Holy Land? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's a question I get asked frequently, either before we go to Israel or while we're there with the folks that we see the Holy Land with. And I have to say, my favorite place is, and there's so many places to visit, it's like picking your favorite child, right? Which child do you love the most? So it's hard to say, but I gotta tell you, going to the Sea of Galilee, getting on the boat and riding out to the middle, and then having a worship experience there with the folks who are with us, it's just hard to put into words. For all the information on our March 2023 trip to Israel, go to the website twholyland.com twholyland.com. Everything's there, the cost, the itinerary, etc. Join us, won't you? Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Our Father Who Art in Heaven is now against the law in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Federal Judge John Copenhaver Jr. issued a 30-page decision banning the city council from reciting the Lord's Prayer. The judge says the prayers identified the government with a single preferred religious sect. The ruling ends a court battle that started in 2018 when the Freedom From Religion Foundation filed a lawsuit. They contend God has no place in the public square. The atheist group celebrated the judge's ruling, arguing the nation is plagued by Christian nationalism. Well, about that religious sect the judge mentioned, it's called the Christian faith. And here's another irrefutable truth that is sure to trigger the atheist. Our founding fathers meant for the United States to be a Christian nation, one nation under God. To truly understand what's happening in this country, you got to read my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available at toddsterns.com. However, as it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 American Family Radio 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio. Tim, Fred, and Chris. By the way, if you want to watch on the internet, go to YouTube or Facebook, and we live video stream the show there. We also uh, post the stories that we talk about on our Facebook page. Just type in today's issues. Hey, before we get back to the election results from yesterday, a story that's basically not getting hardly any attention uh, is uh, the the attempted uh, or the planned attempt to assassinate former President George W. Bush. I know. Tell us about this, Chris. Yeah, this was a, a, a man who has been described as an Iraqi man. Uh, he was living in Ohio, but according to the FBI and various news reports that interviewed uh, FBI officials and looked at documents, uh, they say he was charged with plotting an attempt to assassinate former President George W. Bush. According to news reports yesterday. Who, who this, lives in the Dallas area. Yes. Yeah. They were... Uh, According to news reports yesterday, before we knew anything about the, the school shooting in Texas, uh, this fellow allegedly was planning on driving from Ohio to Dallas, Texas, to assassinate former President George W. Bush. Authorities seem to think he has some sort of terrorist connection with either al-Qaeda or ISIS. Um, and yes, it did. The story, it was the lead story in the 2 o'clock newscast yesterday, which I anchored. Uh, it was in the 3 o'clock, uh, and then it just completely went away. After the school shooting came about, yeah, that's what that's what happened there. They have been tracking this guy for some time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was of Iraqi descent. Yes. He was upset that George W. Bush attacked in in the wake of nine eleven, mm-hmm. attacked Iraq, uh, authorized that. He had family members that were killed. He had a vendetta against the former president. Yeah, and if you've ever wondered why we spend a great amount of money to have Secret Service agents protect former presidents and first ladies, this is why. Yeah. Well, now, I had heard that he was going to, this guy was going to link up with some other people that had come over the southern border, the Mexican border. That was part of the story as well, yes. Is that true? Uh, Was part of the story that I read yesterday. Okay. Okay. I this, can't verify that that's the, true. The uh, man was identified as Shahab Ahmed Shahab Shahab. He's 52 years old and, according to authorities, was an Iraqi citizen who lived in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, but the FBI thwarted it. Yes, he did appear in federal court yesterday. Um, there was a criminal complaint unsealed um, saying now, that he wanted to use an FBI confidential sources service to illegally bring ISIS individuals to the U.S. with the intention to murder Bush. Yeah. Now, uh, the... Former presidents get uh, Secret Service uh, protection as long as they live, true? I believe so, yes. Yes. Unless they turn it down. Yeah. 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 So I assume, like, Jimmy Carter still has right. Secret Service right. people with him. Right, right, Well, anyway, that story, you know, that would have been the biggest story today. <laughs> but then what happened in uh, at the elementary school. Back to the election results mm-hmm. from yesterday. So Brian Kemp won the uh, Republican primary in Georgia. Yes. Uh, over David Purdue pretty handily, mm-hmm. seventy-five to twenty-five percent. Purdue like that. did concede, and then, and then Herschel Walker won the Republican primary in Georgia to go against uh, Warnock. Warnock, the uh, Democrat, in who won in a special election two years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. 
in November. So it's going to be Warnock versus Walker in November. So, okay, what I'm about to say is my opinion. Doesn't reflect the views of Fred Jackson or Chris Woodward or anybody views else, opinions or even members of my, or even members of my own family. <laughs> okay, and so that just take it for what it's worth. I don't believe President Trump's endorsements matter at all, one way or another. I don't think people pay. I don't think many endorsements matter at all to people when they take a look at who to vote for. They make decisions on their own based on their own views and judgments about candidates. I think that's always been true. Uh, now, candidates like to get endorsements from 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 people who they want to uh, have the supporters of said endorser embrace them, but I don't think it matters. Listen, President Trump endorsed Herschel Walker. He won going away. President Trump endorsed uh, David Perdue. These are the same voters in Georgia, and the and the, the voters went Brian Kemp uh, all the way. So the same voters in Georgia voted for Herschel Walker in the Republican primary. They also voted for Brian Kemp. Hmm. Trump back Walker. Uh, Trump can't stand Brian Kemp. So it didn't make any difference. Yeah. All right? I think this is being overblown. In my opinion, uh, I wish President Trump, quite frankly, would stay out of all this for the most part because a lot of it seems just uh, personally driven on whether you say the election was stolen or not. Then I'll back you. If I'm, t- I'm saying if you're President Trump. He, he uh, President Trump, um, dis-endorsed. Um, Is that a word? Yep. Okay. There you go. I was... <laughs> Huh? Unendorsed. If it was, I was about to patent it and make it one. But he disendorsed Mo Brooks in Alabama, right. the congressman who's running for Senate, who's going to be in a runoff with uh, Katie Britt. Correct. Uh, in 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 um, in Alabama, they're going to have a runoff in in June to decide who the Republican nominee will be there, mm-hmm. and wh- th- whoever wins that will be the next senator from Alabama to replace Richard Shelby. But Trump. Uh, you know, said, uh, I'm taking away my endorsement of Mo Brooks because Mo Brooks said we need to move on from what happened in 2020. Listen, President Trump was done wrong on many levels. I agree. But if he stays stuck in this, uh, and that's all he wants to talk about in terms of whether you're uh, somebody he can support or not, that's a loser. Mm-hmm. Okay? And people are going to quit paying attention to him. Uh, uh, on this, uh, and all Mo Brooks said was, "We we got to move on." He said this to an audience a few months ago, and Trump said, "Well, I'm taking away my endorsement from you because of that. You've gone woke." That was that was nutty. Mo Brooks, if Mo Brooks in Alabama goes woke, then uh, we're all in tr- right. <laughs> we're all in trouble, right. and the word has lost its meaning. Mm-hmm. So, listen, I love uh, a lot of things that. President Trump did, obviously, he loves America, he's a patriot, but he gets into this petty stuff sometimes, and, and it's like two steps forward and then one step back, and if, if he, he, he can't, to me, in my view, he can't get into making this the litmus test for 2024, or he's going to split the Republican Party up, and... Uh, it's not going to be good for the conservative movement. Now, you're not the only one who feels this way. 
Okay, I've, I've said my piece there. I guess I have. I may come back again. You're, you're not alone. Okay. Charlie, Charlie Hurt uh, is a Washington Times columnist. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. He was on Fox and Friends this morning. Why don't you listen to what he had to say? He said, you know, uh, Trump candidates may sometimes lose, but Trump issues keep winning. There's a difference there. Cut number 12. Well, you know, there's a lot of speculation about uh, what this means in terms of uh, uh, former President Trump's hold over the Republican Party. And I, and I kind of fi- find it somewhat of a comical discussion because obviously we can sit here and, and look at places like, uh, you know, in Georgia where President Trump had endorsed uh, uh, David Perdue over Brian Kemp over the issue, the voting issues in, in Georgia. Well, you know, if you step back, first of all, uh, President Trump has a tremendous record across the country, including last night, um, of the candidates he's endorsed going on to win. Um, but more importantly, you know, maybe Trump's candidate doesn't always win, but his w- issues keep winning. They win every single time. Yeah, and he's talking about on the economy. Uh, that's an important issue. It, it's a Trump issue, but even if Trump doesn't endorse a candidate, for the most part, they're conservative in their economic outlook. You know, go back to Georgia for a second. Governor Kemp, in the wake of 2020, it marked the first Georgia election last night under a new voting law, which Kemp agreed with, adopted by Republican-backed state legislature. Changes, uh, you know, they reduce the number of ballots Wait a coming minute. in by Are mail. Are you talking about the voting law that prevents... Uh, people of color from voting uh she no <laughs> uh, that's what we were told yes so uh, are you telling me that non-whites voted in georgia yesterday I at, at record levels record levels <laughs> record levels i mean you're this is going to be put to the test now when two well, minority people well, run against one another for the senate wow yes okay don't tell stacy abrams that or yes what? It's the worst um, state in the nation. Or, 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 or Joe Biden, because Joe Biden said it was Jim Crow. Jim Crow, too. So it, it, all of that to say, you're exactly right. People are going to look at the issues that a candidate is running on. It may help in some cases that Trump endorses, but in other cases, they like the candidate because of the issues they believe in, which is why Kemp won by, won by 75% last One night. thing I think really helped Kemp's case was how well the economy has done. Georgia mm-hmm. was one of the first states that reopened after the COVID shutdowns. Yes. And um, that's really good for the and country President as a whole. President Trump at the time was critical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, of Georgia reopening. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were critical of Georgia reopening. Uh, everybody goes to Twitter to share their two cents. Um, if you're not on Twitter, don't don't get an account. It's not worth it. But anyway, that's my two cents. Um, but Georgia reopened early. Uh, their economy has done well. Uh, obviously, it didn't kill everybody. Uh, and because people have been able to, you know, make a living and feed their families, uh, I think a lot of people took that issue with them and sided with Kemp versus Purdue. Yeah. All right. So uh, looking forward to November now. Well, we well, we got to settle some of these races in June. Yes. Uh, by that, I mean the um, uh, one of the big ones would be the Alabama Senate race in mm-hmm. June. Now, if the Repu- Republicans are going to win the state of Alabama, it'll either be Mo Brooks or uh, Katie Britt. Right. Uh, right. They'll be they'll be who will be the next U.S. Senator from, uh, from Alabama. So that'll be a Republican replacing a Republican. Uh, now in Georgia, if Walker beats uh, Warnock, mm. then that's going to be a Republican replacing a Democrat. Yes. Yes. And I do have some poll results. Polls are polls. You get whatever you want, depending on who you ask, how you ask, where you ask and all that stuff. I say that every time I talk about a poll, mm. but 
nonetheless, uh, looking at real clear politics, they do the compilation stuff where they take everybody's poll and they kind of uh, come up with they, who they think is in the lead. Uh, real, real clear politics has Walker up half a point over Warnock. And one of the very interesting polls, and I've mentioned this before on the program, Atlanta Journal-Constitution does a, a frequent poll on these things, and even the AJC, which is a liberal newspaper, has Walker winning that by three points. Run, Herschel, run. <laughs> uh, now, that that's uh, political. That's a political run. Are you all following me here? You yes, I got you. Okay. But that that's, you, that's what the... Larry Munson, the great uh, uh, sportscaster for the Georgia Bulldogs, he's legendary in the world of college uh, sports. I think he's deceased now, but uh, he he used to say, run, Herschel, run. When Herschel Walker was playing running back for the University of Georgia Mm -hmm. and won the Heisman Trophy and was, in my mind today, still the greatest running back ever in college football. But that's subjective. (laughs) Uh, I would agree. But he used to say, run, Herschel, run it, run. Now they're saying, run, Herschel, run <laughs> politically. And uh, so he, Herschel Walker is very conservative uh, he is. across the board uh, mm-hmm. on issues. Very patriotic guy. Uh, also very infor- supportive of law enforcement. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what percentage of vote he gets in the African-American community in Georgia in November because he's most he's more conservative than your average a black person who votes in Georgia. Yeah. Uh but we we'll, but it'll be interesting to see how he does. You know, it's a long time between now and November, a lot of things. In this news cycle it'll feel like 2 years. Yes. Yeah. But he's going against uh extremely liberal Warnock. Oh. Uh, who's a pastor who says he supports abortion rights. Yes. Which, and some people have referred to him as a Marxist. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, that's his ideology. His, mm-hmm. uh, his view of government is socialist slash mm-hmm. Marxist. Yeah. Uh, but there any other big? There was some just Texas. Problem. Texas, very interesting. Uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, uh, easy victory over his primary challenge last night from Texas Land Commissioner George P. Bush. Some people are calling. How many Bushes are left? To run well, for for political office. Well, some people are one? calling it the last of the Bush dynasty. Okay, well, they, some of them have kids though. So, <laughs> okay, well, Paxton won handily, right? He did. Yeah. He did. Wasn't and Sarah Huckabee Sanders in yes. Arkansas. I've never understood challenging a popular incumbent on a statewide uh, election. Quite frankly, uh, did he really think he was going to beat Paxton? Well, maybe it was the Bush name, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Did, per- people, did Purdue really think he was going to beat Kemp? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, yeah, when, I don't you lo- when you lose as bad as these folks did, you wonder whoever talked them into running in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just uh, maybe, maybe it gets too many people pat you on the back and say, go get them, Tiger, and you say, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think there was, in, in the Georgia case, I think there was some personal stuff there between Trump Trump wanted somebody other than Kemp. Uh, I think Tim per- made that point earlier, didn't yeah. he? Uh, not, not that you can't make it again, yeah. Fred. Yeah. But if I can speak in third person. But uh, Purdue last night said, "Listen, I'm yes, all in." Yes, he did. With Kemp. To his credit, Purdue said, yeah. uh, "I'm, I'm, I'm uh, call, I've called." In, in the Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia said, "I got a gracious call from mm-hmm. David Purdue." Yeah. And um, and we're all in together to yeah. 
beat Stacey Abrams in yes in November. Yes. Uh, you're listening to Stacey to, Abrams, who says Georgia's yeah. the worst state in the country. <laughs> Boy, what a slogan. I, honestly, I'm, I don't know in my 40 years on, on this, right. on this right. earth that I've ever heard somebody running for governor call their state the worst state in the nation. I'm running for the, in the worst state of the country. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, that's that's a first. Well, and, and then it like let's say hypothetically she gets elected, is she just going to blame everything? She's going to be the governor. Well, I mean, I said it's the, the worst, worst state. state. For those who don't know, Stacey Abrams, the Democrat running for governor in Georgia, <laughs> said last a few days ago uh-huh. that Georgia, her home state, she's running for governor, is the worst place to live in America. Right? That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how how you quote walk that one back. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what she's thinking there. Well, especially if she's lived there all her life, as far I as I know. So, Good uh, night. You know her campaign manager said, what? She said, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. If no. that, if and you was... know what they did? They called Joe Biden's right. uh, <laughs> White right. House secretary. Can y'all help cancel <laughs> yeah, us yeah. here? Because yeah. we're not... <laughs> I know y'all have at the White House have so much experience in walking things back within a few minutes of your. Listen, I'm uh convinced the Biden administration has a damage control office next to the president. Yeah, the damage control office at the White House is don't let him speak to the press (laughs) or answer questions anyway. He speaks to the press, but he doesn't take questions very often. uh, Talking about uh, President Biden and what's up with his use of uh, this expression quote in god's name he I, i'm so tired of hearing that that's that's uh mm. it, it's it i know it, it sounds uh well, it's, it's a misuse of god's name it's god's name in vain right it, huh am i right right which is a commandment we're not supposed to take the lord's name in vain a lot right. of people were taking him to task last night protestants catholics why does he keep saying it? It's, it it's an expression he needs to drop because it's it's uh I, I just I can't stand it when he says. Well, that. if we're going to go over things that Biden should stop saying, I would also add clear-eyed to the list because if he's not saying the Lord's name in vain, he also works in. We look we look at this clear-eyed and everything he talks about. I'm pretty sure he said it yesterday during yeah. the address as well. What is this? I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Fred? At all? Do you agree with us on this? It's it's I, taking God's name in vain. Oh, oh, there's no there's no question about that. But unfortunately. It is used so much in our culture today. Uh, yeah, you know he he wouldn't he wouldn't say I'm using God's name in vain. He would say I'm just being passionate about an issue. Right. But I'm just saying it. it uh, he needs to drop that. If yeah, you, uh, but it's it's so common. Uh, like people, I don't even know what it means exactly. What in God's name? What does God's name have to do with the killing of people in Texas? I, why, I why think, does he? I think it's an attempt to say what I'm saying. God agrees with. Or, or, you know, why did he say something like... Well, if you're going to get into that, stop killing babies. Yeah. Because God says, bring them to me. Right. Yeah, but I see people writing OMG, too, you know, on social media. Yeah. 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 And and you can have a discussion about that, too. Yeah, folks, the Bible is... uh, Jesus was very clear, and the Bible is very clear. We we aren't to take God's name in vain or Mm -hmm. to trivialize it or to make it a a popular expression. Uh, I mean, that's a very serious matter. So God also I, you hates know, you hands people, that shed innocent blood. And you hear these people say, and I've heard even people I respect, they'll say, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. And they'll say it as a, 
expression of, oh, my goodness, or oh, my word. No. You know what I'm saying? But they'll say the name Jesus. You hear people do that, yeah. and you're going, hmm. why don't you say Buddha or yeah or something? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right. Why is it just Jesus Christ that gets the uh, – his name turned into profanity and basically uh, you hear this kind of yep. expression all the time mm. in pop culture mm-hmm. in pop culture. Are uh, you listening to today's issues on American family radio? Uh, Chris, next story. I have a bit of good news. We could in the use way of some. gas prices. Um, oh, really? Uh, yes. In the, <laughs> wow. A, a bit we of got good a, what news. do we got? A three cent decrease, Chris, <laughs> we in the do, last we, hour? We do, we do have a three cent, three <laughs> cent you, drop Chris. in diesel. <laughs> okay. In diesel. Do we have Looking a three, at you, do, Brent. Do we have a three cent drop at, uh, in diesel, huh? Yes, we do. Um, wow. okay. Diesel, the national average for diesel today is 554. That's down uh, three cents from a week ago. Uh, Brent Creeley, our producer, is very happy about this. Brent, uh, step to the microphone <laughs> and express your joy. Uh, well, you got a diesel truck, do you? I do. Yeah, and how much does it cost you to fill up now here in northeast Mississippi? Uh, let's see. I filled up Friday when I went home. The pump stopped at 100, swiped the card again, and when I swiped the card, <gasps> it stopped, I think, at 13. So oh. it's 113. You mean it stops oh. at 100? The pump that I stopped at, it, it does. Why, why would it stop, I wonder? I'm not huh? sure. So it wasn't your credit card? No. Okay. Yeah. No. I don't want to get personal with oh. credit rating, uh, Brent. I'm just – so, 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 so – so you don't. It's one of those situations where you don't look. You don't look. No, I just you look set away. The pump and you, you, walk you away. You start the pump of your car and then you look away. That's right. Because it's too painful. To, That's right. <laughs> you want to do something to stop it, but you can't because you have to drive your automobile. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's funny. You roll up to a set of pumps these days. Yeah. Uh, like I go to uh, Sam Walton's place to fill up my car. Right. And so there are about ten other pumps. What's really interesting, I've noticed this, more and more people are watching as that rolls. Right. And they're getting emotional. <laughs> they're, st- they're staring at it. And they're, well, you uh, they are shaking numb. their heads. Uh, yeah, shaking your heads or you get numb or you just say. Uh, but you know who I f- really feel sorry for is are the people who have like a family with multiple cars. Oh. And people uh, have to drive even 20, 25 miles to work one way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when it starts racking up in right. your in your family budget you know yeah well used to used to not even think too much about it now you're having to say okay instead of 200 dollars a month of gas i'm spending 400 yes um i know people are starting to carpool some yeah there were stories reason. um you know you see the whole make sure your tires are properly inflated carpool uh cut unnecessary trips uh you see those kinds of stories now, making their way back in the now when now. biden was over in uh, asia last week he can go to asia but he can't go to our mexican border to right. see the catastrophes happen happening down there and uh then he, he can fly six thousand miles but can't fly what anyway we all know the reason for that but he said that uh that america's going through a transition mm-hmm. From fossil fuels to green energy are, and so uh, what he seemed to be saying was uh, the prices are going up on gasoline. That's a good thing, a painful thing, yeah. Because we're going to have to convert. So it seems is that what is that what he said? Yeah, that the, went largely unreported by the mainstream media. It's a because it's another walk back moment yes. by the White House. Uh, but how do you walk that back? Control. Because 
He he seemed to be saying, you know, it's painful. Yeah. But it's good that the right. country is going like, through this. It's like, uh, it's like medicine. We just got to take our medicine now. Gas yeah. prices are going to soar. Yes. But we're uh, in the end, we're going to have uh, electric cars and everything's going to be better off. Well, that, that's what, what he seemed to be. That's what he said, basically. Since what. he lives in our house and he gets to ride around on our vehicles, he's not allowed to leave the house anymore to go on unnecessary trips. I demand as a taxpayer that our president Skypes. Biden lives in your house. You have bad The White dreams. House is our house. Huh? The White House is our house. Is that, is that a, a campaign slogan <laughs> no, for you now? No, that's literally <laughs> our house that the president gets to live in. All right, I'm not following you, Chris. The White I'm, House is owned I'm by I'm the slow. taxpayers. Mm-hmm. The White House is owned by the taxpayers of America. Oh, the White House. Yes. Yes. Is on. So he's not allowed to leave anymore. Okay, I, I got you now. Well, I thought you were talking literally about Chris Woodward's <laughs> no. house uh, and that Biden lives there. And I thought, are you seeing, are you having visions of Biden? <laughs> no. Uh, that your, would be malarkey. Walking. <laughs> well, uh, all right. I'm just saying, look, I mean, if he's going to say it's painful and you people need to yes. just deal with it, then he needs to deal with it. I, he can't go out for ice cream anymore. He can't take Jill out for dinner. <laughs> Stay at home, Joe. <laughs> well... He doesn't have to worry about it. He's got a presidential motorcade. Mm-hmm. It's paid for by U.S. taxpayers. Yeah, let's send out nine SUVs. You know, it, 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 it's not good when you have a president, quite frankly, that's been in politics for 40 years. Yes. and paid 50. By, 50, and, and paid by the federal government. So every job he's ever had yeah. since Corn Pop. <laughs> but I think that was a volunteer. That budget. might have been a government position. It was a city lifeguard. I think that was a city lifeguard. He may have got paid a little bit. So that may have been his only <laughs> private job that he had. But when you had people in the government dole mm-hmm. your whole life, yep. you don't – come on. When you live on other people's money, you don't care. You, you don't understand business no. and no. no, and and, and uh, meeting a payroll and all those things that a lot of Americans have to go through. All right, uh, we're going to take a short time out right here. Steve Woodward, I mean, Steve Woodward. Where did Jordan Jackson coming just, up next? Somebody's going to have to walk that back for me. Um, <laughs> Steve Paisley Jordan will be with us momentarily. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.